We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Final score is in Knicks 97, Celtics 89. Charlie Brown Jr., 27 points, 10 for 16 from the field, 5 for 9 from the three point line. He had seven rebounds and five assists. That's an all around game. All around game. He did all that on the court. He was a great teammate off the court as well. He spoke to who he is, and I'm glad he showed himself and who he really is. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Knicks Film School post-game show, Summer League Edition. I am Sean with a W, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, uh, employee number one at Knicks Film School, no, intern number one, which means he has, like, all, like, the stock options he has are crazy, and the voice of many sports, many Fordham University Ram sports on WFUV, Chris Persiani. Chris, how are you? Doing good, Sean. Friday night basketball, despite the fact that it was just summer league action, is always nice for me. Get to sit around and hang out with my dog, watch the Knicks play, see what they got going on today. Today's game was fun. Um, This Knicks summer league team has gelled to whatever extent it has. I don't know. But for a team that is not playing Jalen Martin and Daquan Jeffries and really doesn't have any lead creators, they were creating offense today just through their own synergy. I think that's a testament to the style of play they developed early on, which was very Nixie, very Tibsy, very, we may not know how to run a half court set, but we are going to out hustle you to that loose ball. And, oh, we're going to steal that inbounds pass. And we're going to go for good open shots every time. It's won the battle the last two times, you know? And, and I think that, um, Obviously, two and two isn't anywhere relatively exciting to be, but you, you have no high, highly drafted prospects to tout as part of this team. So it's a it's a testament to your coaching that you took down Anthony Black and Jet Howard, two lottery picks. It's a testament to your coaching that you took down the Celtics, Jordan Walsh, um, who should have been a first rounder in any other draft, but ended up 37th on my board because that's how many good wings this draft had. You look at guys like Omax Prosper, who I had over him who are shining in this summer league. Um, You take away what you can take away from these games. And I think there are a lot of little takeaways from tonight's game to add on to Sean and my analysis of the key summer league players from yesterday. Sean, we we identified Roby, Keels, Martin, Brown Jr., Foster Jr., um, 
Peterson and, and Skopinsev as well as really important players to this team. I don't think, you know, with Martin out today and obviously Jeffrey's out from the jump, um, you know, it was Roby, Keels, Brown, Foster, Peterson, and, and Shopinsev today. I think Roby, Keels, Brown Jr., and Shopinsev showed themselves as as the top, outside of Jalen Martin and J- Daquan Jeffries, the guys to really look at here. QJ Peterson, no hot shooting, so no impact for him as a small old guard. Um, but talk about talk about what you saw, and I'm going to start you out with someone who we had few compliments for on our last show. Start start me out with your thoughts on Isaiah Roby from today's game. <clears throat> so I tweeted that um when he I re I quote tweeted the Knicks uh when he tweeted uh So as Sean was saying as he returns, uh Roby had this big dunk earlier um that Sean quote tweeted and said, Hey, you know, he heard your disrespect from the other day and from the other games. Sean, continue as I was explaining your tweet. Cause I knew I knew what tweet you were talking about. So if you want to I you know you you talked about the disrespect that Roby faced and how that dunk was was for that. Yes. Th- yes. So I was saying and before I was so before my computer decided to try to take the rest of the night off. Um that um yeah he heard the slander of, uh, he heard the slander from Saturday night and a lot of it was deserved. And but hey, he showed up. He played well. He made winning. He made winning plays. The little uh, dunk I'm talking about. He didn't see the dunk, but say hi to everyone, Zach. Hi, everyone. All right. <laughs> so um, he listen. He's fight like listen. These guys are fighting for rotation spots. I think he he quitted himself much better today than he did on, on Saturday, and much better than he and and even though I said it on on Saturday. You know, it's while it may be a a long and while it may be concerned, <laughs> Zach, come on, don't do that. My son literally just brought my chair on me. Um, live TV is nothing like it. Um, I, you know I what? To his credit, that's pretty funny. Go on. <laughs> yeah, y'all hilarious. Um, so to my yeah, to their credit, um, you know. A lot of people struggled game one, and I and I even said like, hey, you know, just because you struggle game one doesn't mean that you're going to struggle for you know you know you have time to get you have time to get better. And they've looked at film, they have improved, and I'm I'm happy to see and him among others that we'll get to tonight. I'm happy to see that he he stepped up from last week. So good shot, kudos to him. Yeah, Roby had an impact today, um, and that's something that he I. I believe was always capable of throughout the summer league, but between number one, the pressure on him because he, he it was alleged that he had a rotation spot on the line, given his summer league performance. And then also the lack of a real creator on the Knicks summer league roster. Oh, Roby's a play finisher, not a play creator. You, you, you see the potential now four seconds left on the shot clock. Okay. He can get a ball fake, get to the rim, finish with that left hand. We saw that today, literally that exact play, but it wasn't until the New York Knicks shot creation came together as a whole with the whole team involved that Roby started to shine a little. And I just, I don't think that's a coincidence. I tweeted after the first summer league game where he struggled. I said, yes, correct. This was not a good game. Also true. This guy didn't have a single shot creator out there with him. Um, Daquan Jeffries can create for himself. Trevor Keels can kind of create for others. And 
other than that, that's about it. So when you have the team finally reaching a point in its chemistry where someone like Roby can shine, I think that's a good sign for what you have going on, as well as a good sign for someone like Roby, who really did need to see the ball go in and to get things going for himself this summer league. Um, my next player in question, and you know, I suppose I do suppose that we should talk about just the game a little the next one 97 to 89 um it was close for most of the game but it started and ended not so close the Knicks got out to a hot start Celtics worked themselves back in kept themselves kind of close and then all of a sudden the end of the fourth quarter hit and the Knicks lead was back in double digits and they were they were working like a well-oiled machine again credit to the coaching staff because they were just making all the right plays, quote unquote, right plays. And that added up that that summed up to a, a, a total that was greater than just the straight up sum of the parts of this Knicks summer league team. So to talk about another one of those parts, Sean, I'm going to get you started on, on Trevor Keels now, who I think many were, again, rightfully disappointed with following those first couple games, but seemed to catch a case of that scoring bug today. Yes, and I will say this as I pull up his box score. Um, one of my favorite quotes in life is not how you start, how you f- it's how you finish. Um, so it is encouraging to see Keels because, you know, the expectations are like, Keels, you are a second-year guy. You are the guy after Deuce from, you know, our young, our, our, our G League roster that would get get that will get that will be the 15th man from time to time so there was an expectation like you should come out here and do well and games one and two not so much now i did say you know they were running him at point guard game one and i don't think i think that experiment clearly didn't last very long um but so give him some grace for you know not doing so well in a position that he's trying to learn um but Listen, all in all, came out today, 7 to 10 shooting, 20 points, plus 19, uh, and plus 19, no, yes, a plus 19, uh, that's a far cry from his minus 23 on Saturday night. Yes, plus individual plus minus has a lot of noise in it, but going from minus 23 to plus 20, that is progress. Yeah, Roby was kind of the invisible man to start and Keels was the negative man to start really just not helping the Knicks when he was on the court today. He was objectively an asset for them on the floor. And I think that's a double-edged sword. It took until his fourth game of summer league to reach that point. Semicolon. He reached that point. And that is something that a lot, that is a point that a lot of players just never reach. And so again, you have to think about the, the lens through which to view this development of Trevor Keels. He he was a throwaway like 50th pick in a draft where the Knicks may as well have selected nobody. This is literally just somebody to have in your farm system. Um, if you want to talk baseball terms, you know, he's no top 100 MILB prospect, right? But he is someone who can in the grand scheme, in the long term, bolster your farm in general and just yeah, okay, maybe you do go make one of those all-in superstar trades finally and have depleted roster room. And all of a sudden, you need guys to fill the roles of the 13th, 14th, 15th men that we know are never going to play for Coach Thibodeau. Why wouldn't you want those guys to be the best guys possible just in case you then face injury and they have to become maybe a 10th, 11th man 
wouldn't you want your backups to be as good as possible? That's why I think, you know, Sean and I were talking about this the other day, the G League being, uh, sorry, um, the, the Knicks taking advantage of the uncapped areas of the league is so important, such as player development, the coaches they send out to work with these guys, etc. Um, someone who I think could really benefit from the Knicks player development, um, specifically in terms of making the most of himself despite not having a jump shot, is Charlie Brown Jr. Sean, 27 points, 7 boards, 5 assists for CBJ today. What did you think about that performance? Did it stand out to you or was it more this guy is like 24 and trying really hard at summer league. And of course he's going to rack up these numbers. I have the former opinion. It stood out to me. Yeah. It stood out to me. I mean, he started six for six um, from the field and I believe three or three from three, if not or four, or four from three. Um, you liked again, this stood out because yes, yes, he's a 24 year old in summer league, but not all 24 year olds in summer league show out. Um, and going given the opportunity. So I like what I see from him. Um, I really liked his uh his fourth quarter interview when they asked him what um uh, when they asked him like, you know, what do you hope to show the next organization? And he said, you know, I know I, I know my role, I'm a good teammate, I'm versus I'm versatile because for someone like Charlie Brown or Isaiah Roby or Trevor Keels or my boy, who we'll get to in a second, um you got to be versatile. You got to be ready. You got to be flexible. You have to be a good teammate. You know, uh, whether it's cheering, up, cheering your guys on from the from the, when you're on the bench to helping them up when they get knocked down. That's what you got to be. So that combined with the obviously you got to put the ball in the bucket, and play some good basketball, and that helps. And today, you know, he showed his today he scored his score showed his scoring chops. So um, like what I see. And listen, they've taken steps from Saturday because Saturday was awful. It just felt like the scoring came from everywhere tonight, despite the fact that Brown had 27 points. Um, this felt like a team willing to take a step down the ladder if it means reaching down and picking up the teammate up another rung. You know, like this, this felt like a team that was willing to sacrifice for the greater good. And that's something that they developed over the course of the couple of games. I mean, I'll give a shout out to Khalid Moore who went 0 for 1 from the field today in his few minutes. He had some tough rotations cuz this is a league right now of guys fighting for scraps. Right? The sports industry is very large, but there are only 400 jerseys in the NBA and these are the guys fighting for jerseys 370 to 400, you know? And four, so 450 uh, yeah, and then soon it'll be five ten or whatever with the you know all the new expansion mm-hmm. yada yeah. yada and the three mm-hmm. the three two way spots you know uh, yeah all right burst my bubble go ahead go ahead uh, I, I hope you had fun I hope you enjoyed I hope you enjoyed I it. didn't have fun until your visceral <laughs> reactions and now I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. Off the rails. All right, man. You're watching, guys, <laughs> hem and haw for the final 420 to 450th jerseys. Damn it. And um, you're, you're watching them do so for their living. Like, this is straight up like, I want this job more than you. I'm going to show it. And that's like you... <laughs> 
if you watch Last Chance, if you watch QB1, you know, like whatever show it is, watching people with extraordinary abilities compete is always awesome to me, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, or whether it's Last Chance U or the NBA Summer League, which is in between those two worlds I just mentioned. Um, it's awesome to me. So guys like Charlie Brown Jr. are the stars of Summer League, in my opinion. The guys who kind of go from, yeah, he's a cute G League player to, oh, this guy's like one real NBA thing away from being a player. Let's see if he can do it. Absolutely. Um, so we have... So we don't have any super chats, which is fine, but we do have some regular chats that I would love to get your thoughts on. Um, first is from Sam Garcia. Shout out to the whole Garcia family, um, the dentist, the urologist, and there's another person of those. There's, there's someone else. I forget who. Um, has Roby done enough in your eyes to show that he could play backup four in a pinch if needed? How big is that pinch? Like, is it like, oh, COVID? We have enough. Are we talking? Are we talking a dash? Are we talking a dash? You know, or is this like a real like? Yeah, Um, I think and shout out to Zach Lowe um, and Ian Begler to discussing this as well. I think the power four position will be taken by a combination of Josh Hart and RJ Barrett and maybe Julius Randle, some extended minutes against certain bench lineups. Um, So like I said, is the pinch like, Oh no, Josh Hart is sprained his ankles out a few games, or is it, Oh no, we're on the ninth wave of COVID and, and everyone's going into the health and safety protocols. Um, I think it's closer to that. Um, but again, at the same time, like I, I feel as if this whole backup power for backup power forward situation is just the most overblown thing um, because it's summer and we don't have anything to discuss. Um, so, again, like I like I hear people say things like, oh, well, listen, what you have what you have RJ Barrett in there against Aaron Gordon, he's going to get, and I'm like, well, he's the, well, the, well, if he's, if it's the backup four minutes, he shouldn't have to deal with Aaron Gordon. It should be whoever's behind Aaron Gordon. So that's what I will see. The next backup, the next backup power forward is not on this roster. So there it is. Any thoughts, Mr. Percy? I didn't no. The answer is no. Um, because I assume you're talking about like legitimate minutes. If it is a Tuesday night game against the Charlotte Hornets and the Knicks have gone seven and three in their last 10 and Brunson has an ankle thing and Randall has a wrist thing. And they're like, we're just going to sit everyone. Forget it. Front office comes in. They're like, Tom, we know this sucks. Just try to win with what you've got. Sorry. Would he just go with the seven man rotation <laughs> or would he just go, you know, like eight men with Jericho over playing Roby? I think it's yes. Now, if he has Josh and Randall out, okay. I think he would go Roby instead of going seven and having literally 
nobody to play power forward besides Rowan Barrett Jr. That is a scenario where he would probably be like, all right, I'm going to have to eat five and a half minutes of Isaiah Roby. But five, you're being kind of five. other than that. I really can't see Roby playing. And if it's late in the season when like the playoffs matter, he'd go six men before he played Roby. I mean, it's just, I, I think Roby can play backup four in a pinch if needed in a meaningless game, but that's not saying a lot. Nope. Um, yeah. So I don't think, I think if you see Isaiah Roby make the 15 man roster, that is a, um, that's that's an accomplishment for him. Not a knock on his abilities, but you know, considering the circumstances. Uh, thank you, Sam Garcia. Next comment from Dirty Dancer. Every team should be trying to develop wings in the G League. Absolutely. Find a bunch of guys who are like six five to six nine and who may have some defensive chops and teach them jump shots. Um, don't worry, more teams will start doing that. More teams will start doing that. Um, and the one more from Dirty Dancer. <laughs> Having guys like Brown in there, let Keels know how far he is, even from the fringe of the NBA. Uh, so the question is: is so is Trevor Keels playing down to their comp- to 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 his to the level of his teammates, or the is Charlie Brown Jr. playing up to the level of a barely fringe NBA player? It's a, truth is in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It is up to you. As I've said, I said on Saturday, I don't know if Trevor Kills is an NBA player. I feel slightly better about that. But then again, like Chris said, these are the 13, 14, 15 guys who will not play unless something goes be wrong. I think Tibbs would put would put Deuce at the four before some of these people. And I'm not even saying I'm saying that tongue in cheek, but kind of. Chris Prisianen is um, yeah. in agreement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tongue in cheek, but only kind of, I think is the way to put it. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, so that is all. Let's see if there's any more. Okay. Then, then I, then like. I need you. I need you to just revisit your shop and sev third string center for 2025 agenda. Cause it's the most like ludicrously niche and esoteric agenda of all time. And that's why I think it's awesome. Like, I think, I think it's amazing. So <laughs> three absolute dimers today from shop and Sev. one assist that doesn't receive dimer designation, but does it did exist um, Four assists for him, but really not nothing major in the points or rebounding department. How do you feel about this guy shop and Sev and, and just the energy he brings out there? Cause I know he's like your favorite player on this team, just cause he makes the probably he out of anyone he probably makes the most plays where you're like that's an NBA thing. Yes. Um. So Dimitro um Skopinsev, or as my homie Stephanie Stephanie Reddy called him all night Shapetsev. Uh, shout out Stephanie Reddy. I, I'm a big I am a big fan for us. But I was just like who I was like who is Shapetsev? Uh, I think listen he does NBA things. He can read an offense. There was a there was a point in the game where late second quarter, where the offense was completely running through him. He was making he made those three three really good passes, three really good dimes, or as uh Jamal Crawford, who called the game long stuff, he called them quarters. Shout out to Jamal Crawford once a Nick, always a Nick. 
and he had a feel for the game. He took a couple threes. I don't think any of them went in. He had over two from three. If he hit one of them, if he hit one of them, the um the 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 Ukrainian Jokic, the baby Jokic agenda would have started flying for me on the timeline because I'm like, okay, he's tall, he's Eastern European, he's throwing dimes. And when he shoots a three, he barely gets off the floor. I'm ready for the agenda. So, like I said, he, I can see him being on this roster, not this year, but next year. Or if iHeart or Sims gets hurt, he, they bring him up as the, they bring him up as the 15th man. Um, because actually, it was like, and when I think about it, that is, he probably has, the clearest path to NBA minutes this season to NBA minutes this season of any of these guys because like I said if if I if Mitch if any of our three centers are out Tibbs is always gonna want rim, rim protection and he's not gonna play Jewish at the five there's literally no one else so I so you heard it here first. Um, maybe this will be maybe this will be a betting and sweating moment moment for me. But um, of anyone on this roster, the to if you gave me an over under of zero point five minutes this season for Today, any of these today's roster, roster or the roster in general. Today's roster, okay. Because I was going to say roster. I'll go Daquan. Yeah, Jeffrey's one. Shop and Sev. I'll take number two though. So yeah, yes. Um, but then again, with Jeffrey's, it's like. Like Skopinsev has needs the least amount to go his way in order to see NBA minutes this season. Because if any swing, if any of these swing, any of these wings get hurt or guards, there's just so many ways that Tibbs can just mix and match and 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 and, and film space. But if he loses, if he loses one big, he, he's gonna want to he's gonna want an emergency big on the roster. So it'll be him. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We actually have um, another question for you from Jason M., Chris, are you paying attention to OKC's situation? We're moving on to the other teams by now. Um, they have 21 players and need to cut to 15. Any specific players you are looking at? Yeah, so they're very heavily rostered right now. And I think guys like, geez, like Oladipo, do they just bite that bullet? Because they've got to reach the salary floor. They might just waive him for the 8.7. And I don't think anyone would want him after that. Besides a real contender, like I wouldn't even recommend him for New York. I think that's like an upside shot for a Milwaukee to take made sense for Miami before them. Um, Yeah. I, I think a lot of the guys on the roster right now are there to collect bonuses when they go play for the G league team. Like I think they're doing the Knicks thing of, Hey, we're going to get our owner to pay you. Um, because you look at the guards they have, where are Ty Ty Washington Jr.'s minutes coming from if they like Aaron Wiggins and Trey Mann? You know, so it's like Usman Garuba, you know, are they going to waive Rudy Gay so they can play Garuba? Are they going to waive Gay? Can they trade Gay and Bertans for someone with a $22 million salary that then they just sit sit on the bench? That's, I would look for consolidation, but like, nasty consolidation, not consolidation in regards to like, Hey, we're going to take player a and player B who are both five out of 10 players. And we're going to get player C who's a 6.2 out of 10 player. More like we're going to take player a and B who are both negative three out of 10 assets for our team and turn them into a negative five out of 10 asset for our team that we can then just sit on the bench and consolidate roster spots. Um, nasty stuff like that, you know, like Mitchich, Yeah. He'll, probably make it guys like Bertans, Garuba, um, Lindy waters, uh, Oladipo are guys that I feel like they're going to really easily move off of. And that already gets them down to 17 and then two way spots and whatever else, like maybe a Jared Butler doesn't make it either. So now we're down to 16 and <sighs> let me just say like Olivier Sar. Um, doesn't also doesn't make it, and then that's that. So you know, I just that it's really easy for them to trim it down in a way that's beneficial to them because they need to reach a salary floor. They also want to play their young players. They might just turn all the bad salary into one big bad salary, and then just let it sit like like day old microwave Chipotle in their stomachs. Like they're just gonna let it sit until it goes all the way through and is done. I'm talking like spicy chicken at Popeye's type of sitting in your stomach. Like just 36 hours later, you're like, damn, why did I eat that? Like, like they're just going to, they're going to be nasty with it because the thing is that the thing about the salary floor is that no one gives a damn, right? If you're trying to suck, then you're going to hit it by just paying your own guys to keep them around. If you're like OKC and you're actually going to be good without having an expensive roster, that money just gets divided and redistributed amongst your players. They don't care. That'll get figured out. They're all right. You know, so there's nobody that the Knicks should be interested in like an Isaiah Joe, 
that they're going to let go or a Jeremiah Robinson Earl. There's no one the Knicks should be interested in that they're going to let go. But this is a good question, Jason. I think you did you did a good job of picking your spot. I just think this particular spot is going to get wiggled out of as opposed to they're going to have to run through a, a cutout in the wall that they don't fit through and some goodies are going to be left behind. Some cash is going to fall out of the bank bank robbery duffel bag for you to pick up on the trail. I think they get that whole duffel bag through and and in that van. I just looked up Davis Bertans. Davis Bertans is making seventeen million this I was year, gonna say. and has a player option for sixteen million next year. How? Who? <laughs> they have a surplus of picks, and for right now, it doesn't matter what happens with that salary because they're not contending yet. So they're just going to float. Right. Listen, man. He. Listen, God bless him. He's a legend at the bank. Uh, but I, if he plays one minute for Oklahoma City this year, I'll be shocked. All right. We actually have a few more comments, a uh, few more uh, chats, and then we'll get out of here. Um, for really quickly, yeah, again, from, from Jason M. Don't forget Keel's age. He's the same age as most rookies in his draft class. I will give great him one comment. more year before judging him. And listen, a great comment. Like, He's, I don't think he's an NBA player now. He may be an NBA player this time next year because not all progression is linear. Not everyone takes the same steps, steps at the same time. So, you know, if we're, if we're going to say that for R.J. Barrett, who's been only whatever age he's been entire his entire Nick tenure, we definitely have to use it for someone like Keel. So, again, was a 50th pick in the, in, in the draft. So, if you get an NBA player at 50, um, there you go. Speaking of players picked in the fifties, I was going to say Jericho Sims spoiled him, spoiled us as, as, as a Knicks community, because even though he's not good, he exists in the NBA and gets one of those four fifty jerseys. And that was a 58th pick that the Knicks crapped out because of Brock Aller. So yeah, dirty dancer as Sean has pulled up says I have been on the Jericho is low key, bad Island for a while. I'm going to give you another semicolon statement in response to this Uh, statement. Number one. Yes. Semicolon. But he's fine for his draft slot and age. Second semicolon, if that's allowed, he's not fine just for his age, especially because he was an older prospect, comma, but he can play and is someone the Knicks have on such a freaking low risk, high reward type of contract that until the better option rolls around, you're not missing out on anything by developing him. He's six, nine. He's got bounce. He's athletic in, in multiple ways, not just vertical. And it really will just take improved lateral movement and defensive scheme reading and understanding from him to be playable as a backup five. So I trust your development staff, trust your coaches. You pay them a lot of money, make them do their job. I, I don't think that Jericho is bad. I mean, if the lens is the playoffs, he's unplayable. But if the lens is okay. the regular season, he exists. For me, it's you have found an NBA player with the 58th pick in the draft. That is a win. Yes, if you play him in the playoffs, you are pissing your pants. But 
he is an NBA player taken 58th. That's fine. Um, I think I think my weird analogy I'm going to go with is when you find the $85 t-shirt for $39.99 at Nordstrom Rack, it's a big win, but you're not wearing it out. That's not like you're you're putting on your nicest shirt for that. And so, yes, you got a huge discount, but that doesn't mean what you got for that big discount is something worth keeping around long term placeholder. Great at what it does. Great. I'll say this. Um, my uh, senior year of college, before I went to Miami for spring break, I was in a former Mills and I found a pair of Iceberg Velour sweats for nineteen ninety nine. Oh, I wore them sons of bitches every single night in Miami. You know why? Because I found a pair of Iceberg Velour sweats for nineteen ninety nine. And why are you calling out punctuation? Why are you audibly announcing your punctuation? That's like me now getting true religion jeans at Marshall's for 40 bucks. (laughs) 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 Oh my God, that's an amazing analogy. Two generations have come together. Okay. And my, that was so funny. The brightness on my camera started working. Note to self, no more white shirts during po- post games. So my shirt, you see my shirt? My shirt is of the 36th president of the United States, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, because we beat Boss's ass tonight. Beat, beat him here, beat him there, beat him in the TD Jake Center, beat him in Africa. Anyway, trivia, who said that? We'll beat him here, we'll beat him there, we'll beat him in Africa. Who said that? I'll give you some hints because you have no idea. I was going to say, I'm going to pull the young card here and hold it out really, really big. And (laughs) I guess I get out of jail free. No, (laughs) Uh, he was he was he was a former number two pick this century. Jeff Green. Jeff Green is number five. Emmett. He went to school in the Big 12. Oh, oh, okay. You see, if I wasn't so weird, I wouldn't think of Michael Beasley as soon as I thought of number two overall picks, <laughs> but I am weird, so I did. Yeah, he said that. When Derek he, uh, Williams, baby. When he, uh, when they, they interviewed him before the season, before his only season at Kansas State, he went to Kansas State, and he asked, they asked him about against playing against Kansas, and he said, we'll beat him here, we'll beat him there, we'll beat him in Africa. They didn't beat them there at Kansas, but they beat them. At, but they did beat them at home. All right. Um, what else? What was you got here? Uh, Jason M. Is Sean saying Skapisev over Sims? Because I'm not a fan of that. I'm saying that do not be surprised if if Dimitro Skapisev is the third center on this team in the 24-25 season because he does NBA things that coaches like. He makes the right pass. He's a smart basketball player. He needs to hit some freaking threes, but that's what I'm saying. He looks like a guy teams would like. That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm not, this is not a white European center thing, but Sean and I were talking earlier. He looked a little Hartenstein-esque. I mean, they both have an S followed by a consonant in their name that's pronounced like there's an H there when there isn't. Hartenstein, Hartenstein. Shop and Sev. That's that's something. Is man. it really that's, Shop and Sev? 
as someone with many like Croatian and Polish and Czechoslovakian friends, yes, it's shop and seven. It is okay because it's a K with a little, the little like unibrow over it. That's the best way I could put it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I do not study language at Fordham University. If you couldn't tell, God bless. Come <laughs> the God next bless. question. <laughs> Oh, you can read that one. Yeah, this is a good one. NJ Latino 85 is my burner right here. Do you think Trevor <laughs> Keels played? <laughs> 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 oh, I, t- I told you. I said when I tweeted this show was going to go left. This show's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you think Trevor Keels played better because of game flow? Yes. Or because he didn't have play initiation responsibilities? Also, yes. Also, Shop and Sev looks like found money, a third center. Hey, you agree with Sean. Uh, and like, yeah, man, that if Shop and Sev beefs up to a point where like a Clint Capella is the only guy that can really push him around in the paint, but otherwise like he's doing all right. Okay. Yeah. Third center for sure. Um, Maybe even a second center for a bad team. If you were a little younger, I just think it took him getting to this age he's at now to get this good. So not worth the thought exercise there, but yeah, I think Trevor Keels played better because of both. What you're asking is which one it was more because of, in which case I would say it was more because he didn't have play initiation responsibilities. If you are an all-time speller, people will say you're really smart. If I can say indefatigable and you can rattle off how to spell that word right away, okay, you're really smart, right? But then they give you a math test and you get a 67. It's like, hey, what the hell? You're really smart. Well, you overextended their brain. That's that's the next level. It's too much going on. Yes. The Knicks have done that experiment with Emmanuel quickly, given him initiation duties in summer league and seen it go well. The Knicks have done that experiment with Deuce McBride, given him initiation duties in summer league, and they got mixed returns from which they kind of added to their, their case. And, and they see him a little more ready, you know, saw him as a little more ready because of it. They also gave Grimes that number one role last summer league. And I thought he handled it pretty well. And I think that speaks to his ability as an ancillary talent to to star players. Keels didn't handle that test well. And so instead of continuing to hand him an exam that they knew he would fail, they put him down a grade. They said, you know what? We're going to give you the eighth grade history final because high school was too much. And they, they give him the eighth grade history final and he got like an 87. And he was, they were like, all right, this kid's smart. We we were wrong because he failed the math test. We thought he was dumb. It's this market. And and I think I think that's just a testament to the lens through which you evaluate a talent of any kind being integral to your overall result because expectations, goals, standards determine how we feel about everything. If you go to get coffee with a friend and you were expecting them to ask a lot about how you've been doing and they didn't. Even if you had a great conversation, you're going to leave that coffee and you're going to go, that was a disappointing lunch. But if you went into it thinking, I really miss this friend, it's going to be so nice to share their company. You probably had a great time, even if it was the same lunch both times. And so for Trevor Keels, as I wrap up this insane analogy, um, 
he we went into this this game thinking, hey, and, and when I say we, I mean like the Knicks coaching staff. They went into that game thinking like, hey, what if we try to give him a role he can be a star in? And he did. So good. Um Summer League is the testing ground. Summer League is the place, the creative lobby to test these things out and, and destroy whatever you want and have there be no consequences. Um, but I am also glad that they kind of rescinded their confidence in Keels a little bit to a point that could help him. There's no initiator on this team. If Keels took a leap, there was. He didn't do it. That's okay. He was drafted where he was drafted. So that that's my my take on that. Excellent take. Excellent take. All right. Um, let's get three more, then we'll get out of here. Um, this is from Jordan. Speed round him. Yeah, speed round. Oh, Jordan. Jordan Bub. How you doing, Jordan? Um, and thanks to everyone who were asking questions in the chat. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, we honestly said we we're gonna do this for like a half hour, and we've already been here for 42 minutes, so that is a win. Um, that is a testament to you all, so thank you. Will you monitor RJ Progress in the FIBA tournament? And do you think his role in the national team is similar to his role in the Knicks? Um, I will monitor his progress in the tournament, especially since we have fans out here who say things like uh, RJ Barrett shouldn't even be smiling on the, shouldn't even be mean mugging on the bench um, or not smiling on the bench at a basketball game. He should be locking himself in the gym, taking 900 jumpers a day. Uh, and to the gentleman who tweeted that, let me tell you something right now. When, um, when you tweet about Knicks players and Hawks fan TV likes your tweets, you messed up. I'll tell you that right now. Um, do I think his role in the national team would be similar to his role in the Knicks? I mean, as a number three guy, I mean, most likely because you have between listen, between SGA and Jamal Murray, both of those guys have the ball in their hands all the time. So I can see him be a third guy, but I can also see him being because those two players don't necessarily occupy the space he occupies that I think you'll see. I think you'll see better RJ Barrett, more free, like more freedom RJ Barrett. And it'll probably be surrounded by more shooting. I looked at their roster. It's pretty good. Um, so they have I, nice pieces like Olinic to complement guys like Barrett in their quest to complement guys like, Gilgis Alexander. So mm. yeah, I, I I think the Canada team will look fun because they're united under a common goal, which is to represent their country well. However, I do think they'll run into problems in like the regular season portion of their games. If you say, like, I don't know. I always think of games before they reach the clutch as the regular season and the clutch as the playoff portion of the game. I think. Canada will have a lot of drive and kick opportunities, a lot of catch and shoot opportunities. And if they're not making those shots, they're going to look really bad, even though they're getting great ones every time. And then you're going to see guys like Murray and Gilgis Alexander go into takeover mode and go into me mode and things are going to slow down a lot. And yeah, they'll put points up on the board, but they'll also lose 81 to 99, you know? And I just think like, if they can play up tempo enough to the point where they're involving Barrett as a downhill initiator and they're getting Olenek open looks from the corners, the weak side corners, like if they keep the ball moving, they're going to get a groove going. But if they get stuck in hero ball, they're going to look like molasses out there. So I think that's a very boomer bust constructed roster for Canada. 
the second they start having to play from behind, I think they're going to struggle. Um, I think his role on the national team will be similar to his role on the Knicks. You know, as much as RJ Barrett fans and supporters like to note that the Knicks don't really do him many favors by playing him with so many non-shooters um, and playing him with Julius Randle. I think the same, the other side of the same coin is that he is one of those non-shooters and that Julius Randle has to play with him. <laughs> you know, like I think there's both sides to that. Um, and one of them has the shooting ability and and the mix of size and speed to be an all NBA player. So for Barrett, it's a tough situation to be in because he's a young player. You know what the perfect analogy is for RJ Barrett? The way I always feel about his development. When you're a kid and you're at the doctor and you got to go get your height measured and you're standing up, you got your feet against the wall. You're standing up as tall as you feel like you can. And that doctor is just pissing you off because they're like, they're pushing down on your head. Like they're trying to, they're trying to make you shorter. And it's like, eh, yeah, hold on. You're killing my game right now. I'm trying to get my takes off. Let me, let me show you that now at the age of 12, I am four feet tall. Like, let me, let me show this off real quick. You know, like I think RJ is in a situation where he feels like he's not standing up as tall as he can. Mm hmm. But no one's actually pushing down on his head. Like at a certain point, he needs his analogy is hilarious. He needs to just he needs to just stand up straight and just do what he's good at and go get it. Maybe an environment like this will enable him to go do it. But the the pressure of the win now Knicks team, the New York market and Tom Thibodeau at head coach and having such great players next to him, all things that should motivate him to be his best seem to not scare him, but mess with him. Those games where he just got to the rim and made shots at the rim. Thibodeau was like ready to like flip the table post game and, and be like, we did it. Oh my God. We did it. RJ attacked the rim. And it's like, Hey man, you, you gotta, he has to feel like he's attacking the rim because he wants to not because you told him not to shoot threes. That's the whole thing. It's like the kid's not going to clean his room until he realizes it looks like crap. The parent telling him every day, clean your room is just slowing down the process. That's where I'm at with Barrett. I think his role will be similar. I think I'll monitor his progress. I don't think I'll put too much stock into it, but I will make observations where necessary and where, you know, they're not nonsensical and emotional. There's obviously stuff you can pull away from any competitive organized basketball. That my friend was amazing. The multiple analogies, like the, like, because the, the one pushing, like pushing your head down, I was like, Yosef, you're right. When you are a kid, they do like push your head down. Like you're not this tall mother. So um, that was amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. All right. Let's rapid fire through these. Jason M again, let's give Dice some credit. The team seems much better close than, than in the last two games. I agree. Cosign, I gave them that credit this stream and last stream. They've been well organized and playing hard and going after the right things hard. Like if it's an offensive rebound where someone could get a putback dunk, they're going just as hard after it as they are the loose ball that could maybe save them the possession that they wouldn't get any credit for and would get a turnover for if they don't get it. They they, they played hard. Absolutely, they played hard. They played very hard. Um, Shane Toro says, "You two are going to get fired." No, we're not going to get fired. Um, now, if we started talking about like Adam 22, then maybe we'd get fired, but we're not going to do that today. By the way, I fit, I I learned some things about Adam 22 today. And how do you know who that is? 
How do I know You're what old. that is? Be old, damn it! Why'd you bring him up on my live stream? Because I had because I have um, we're an account. Fired. I have an account on Twitter.com, and <laughs> and the people listen. My timeline of Knicks fans. There's two time two sets of time two sets of Knicks fans on my timeline. They're the Knicks fans that. Because there's no basketball, they find basketball things to talk about that are nonsensical or don't matter. And then there are the Nick fans who have some self-respect for themselves and are like, you know what? I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to lose my mind over Summer League. But they have other, they want to tweet and they have other interests. And one of their interests is this story. Um, I wish what name was here. Last one. So let's end on a positive note. What's the lowdown downtown Charlie Brown NBA quality? He looks even better than Keels. 10 seconds from me and him, from me and Chris. He is fighting for a rotation spot. I don't know if he's an NBA player. He is a classic everything but the shot type of NBA player who is currently not an NBA player because teams would be glad to leave him open. And he doesn't provide enough defensively to justify that, like someone like Josh Hart does. But again, if that shot literally ever comes through or he grows enough in other areas where it's worth it, that's an NBA player. Motor, 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 motor. And with that, one more. You two are going to get fired. (laughs) We're not going to get fired. Now, if I started talking about, you know, what's funny. It's funny whenever uh, did you I don't know if you heard the low post with Larry Nance. Uh, and yeah, he was on the low post and they started talking about Zion and he and Nance was talking about how like he thinks he could be one of the five best offensive players in basketball um, if he's healthy. And then they were talking about like his diet, and everything. And then he said, um, yeah, you know, this diet has been an issue. And he said, you know, there's been uh, his name's been in news for other reasons. And Zach Lowe's immediately like, that's not my expertise. I'm not going there. I'm not going there at all. And I'm thinking, I would go there. I would go there. But you know what? I'm not gonna go there because I don't want I don't want Andrew Claudio texting me at like 2 30 in the morning because he doesn't sleep, asking what that was going on. So we're not gonna get fired, but we do love you all. Thank you very much. We said we're gonna do a half hour. We've been here 51 minutes. Um and we appreciate you. This is the last. This is the last post game live stream of the 2022-2023 remnants of a season. So the next post game live stream will be sometime in September for um, in the preseason. I don't know how many we're gonna do. Uh, that that that's the decision we'll make later. But. Chris, any final words before we sign off from from Summer League for the last time? Yeah, you're going to hell for your contribution to today's show. Um, (laughs) And you know what contribution I'm talking about. Number two, Shopinsev for president of the U.S. 2024. Sean, campaign manager, congrats on your appointment. Um, (laughs) And number three, if you watched this stream, thank you. If you commented on this stream, thank you. And if you commented or watched on any other streams or left super chats on any other streams, you are awesome. We appreciate you a lot. Where the crazies who watched Nick summer league with a team full of no draft picks and had actual analysis to give about it. You're the crazies that sat here and listened to it. We need each other very much and we appreciate you guys 
very much for being here and being the the other half of our craziness throughout this summer league. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you tuned in, if you supported, if you tuned in for 30 seconds because you accidentally tapped the phone, whatever it is, we appreciate you. We absolutely do appreciate you. Um, Coming up between now and the start of preseason, there will be content from the KFS crew. Um, There'll be some mix-ups. There'll be some mashups. There'll be some evergreen content. There'll be some drafts. There'll be some arguments. I think I want to, I think we need to get like, we need to get like Benji and XJ to argue for like 45 minutes straight. It'll be amazing. Must-see TV. So, for Chris Percyinen, I'm Sean for W. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Knicks Nation, let's ride. See you in September. 